Hi, this is the value guys with the value line observer. This is uh, Val Hughes. Get it? Yeah, we and, get, yeah, we get it. And Vern and, Value. And we're here to talk about the January 13th edition of Value Line. We've picked our favorites as we do each week, and we're going to talk about a few. Uh, you can also catch us at our website, www.thevalueguys.com. And uh, right now I'd like to introduce... Uh, Which is where you can find out more about us, and uh, you'll find lots of good cautionary statements that warn you that if you take any of our advice seriously, it's all on you. It's not on us, it's on you. Right. We don't have any uh, you know, recommendations. Keep that in mind. So uh, anyway, uh, Vern Value. Oh, I'm going to go first. Okay. Well, today I... I was very interested in uh, talking about uh, a couple of these one-rated value line stocks from the, really from the contract manufacturing world, uh, but I think some people think of them as technology stocks, uh, namely Jable Circuit, uh, trades on New York under JBL, and Plexus, it's the NASDAQ stock, ticker is PLXS. Um, both of these companies are, are major players, leaders in the business of furnishing turnkey manufacturing capabilities, capacity really, for manufacturers of uh, a variety of different products, but uh, predominantly uh, electronic products. So electronic contract manufacturers uh, increasingly adding design capabilities and services to their business model. Um, you know, as I look at, uh, I look at Jable, um, I, I see the sort of the classic problems I have with this business model because I, I, you know, call me old school, but it seems to me that if you call these things Acme Manufacturing Services, they'd have PEs of 10 instead of, well, in the case of Jable, I'm looking at 25, Plexus 24. Um, in both cases, uh, you know, 15 multiples of uh, cash flow per share or something like that. Uh, the PEs are well above a market PE. Sure, there's a lot of revenue growth and earnings growth right now, but uh, this this couldn't be more cyclical. And if you look at the his history here in both cases, a lot of range on where sales have gone, where earnings have gone historically. Uh, the thing that I think is the thing to focus on here as you're, as you're thinking about these is take a look at Jable, the operating margin, which is about halfway down the statistics and value line, You'll see that historically in the late 90s, they were doing great. They're in the 9, 10, 11% range. And now it's a 6.5% margin business. So like that stinks. 60% of where it used to be. And so return on capital back in those days, big numbers. Now struggling to get back to 12, I guess. Um, in Plexus's case, 12 and a half. The operating margin picture there even uglier. I, you know, four and five percent. Um, this is this is how much margin you can get when basically all you add are all the assets that help uh, assemble and build a product for the customer um, and don't actually own anything that has to do with what the uh, yeah. I don't get it on these things. You know, you look at these things. Of the, product. the market seems pretty excited about these stocks. And in uh, J Bill, what would you call it? Jabil? Jable. Jable. I think that's uh, right. First of all, 
you know, bad name for a company. So I think you got to question them right there. But all I see here, and this is Val uh, talking, is there's, a there's premium, nothing, premium nothing. multiple, commodity business, margins consistently going down. The only reason the ROI is up recently is because their tax rate went down. And uh, I don't know how sustainable that is, but people are overexcited about this, a lot of hype. I'd avoid it personally. This is Val. And I don't know anything about it, so take my word for it. It's a sell. <laughs> well, if you have to know a lot about it, then uh, that would pretty much uh, eliminate most stocks from consideration for most well, people. Well, some you it? don't have to know much about. I mean, here they've got to keep up with the technology. They probably have got to continue to spend increasing amounts of R&D, CapEx, just to keep up to earn these crappy returns. I mean, it's a dead end. They're going to have a couple of periods when they do great. They're in one right now. Take a clue and sell before the downturn. That's, don't you think? <laughs> I, I can't. You know, at Plexus, one of the uh, value line identifies one of the uh, wonderful things happening is that they're winning new business to help them fill up previously underused facilities. I, You know, at 24 times earnings, seems to me that the market's already got the value of the filled up facilities in the price. So. Plexus, same deal. Uh, the low ROI just tells us that it's probably a commodity business. The pricing on it's got to be cost plus or something. I mean, they design things, so they've got to have some proprietary elements yeah. to the business. But it's people intensive. It's going to be hard to get a decent return. They'll never get much scale. Uh, the stock has traded at 10 or below in each of the last four years. I'm talking about Plexus right now. And I think that's another one where the market just got a little excited. And it's time to get out before uh, everyone figures that out. You Take know, your profits I, and move along. If it's if it's simple manufacturing and assembly capacity, it's going to Asia, and it's not all there yet for these companies that are headquartered. One of these is headquartered in Wisconsin. One of them in Florida. Um, I, you know, come back in five years. We'll see if uh, they're even still around in current form. Um, the other stock that I picked, uh, the other Vern stock today, is Garmin Limited. Um, I don't know why. Limited, I guess, because they don't do everything. There's only one of them. Or that maybe that's it. Only one of Trace on the Nasdaq, G R M N. This is uh, actually a Taiwan-based company uh, that went public back in 2000. But I bet a lot of you are familiar with them. They uh, they're known for their GPS technology and bringing it to the consumer marketplace, which is about 80% of revenue. It looks like uh, another 20% uh, says aviation. But, cool. Uh, you know, cool stuff. Um, let's see what uh, valuation and uh, what the metrics look like here. Um, you know, six times sales, but uh, 20 well, times. Well, you can't look at that with this one. Not with you? this one, well, especially because return on capital is in the 20s, has been sustained in the sort of 20 to 25 range ever since the company came public. Operating margins are uh, uh, very impressive, sort of 40% kind of range. Um, you know, steady top line grower. Um, but you're only paying a mile premium to market here. And um, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, cash flow relative to earnings looks pretty good. So uh, tax rate's a small consideration, but not a big one. Capital spending, here's the key to the whole business model here. Capital spending, uh, value line showing at, what, 30, 40, 50 cents a share um, compared with earnings per share of $3. So um, 
you know, terrific model. And if you think about the future prospects for the company, I mean, ultimately, you might say to yourself, well, I wonder how many people want to own, really want to own one of these GPS things. But my gut, my question would be, how many people have a map? Yeah. And, and, and do you well, think wait till that... these things get very, very small. How many want one uh, in their daughter's uh, purse when well, she's out? And wait till wait till maps are are an, an anachronism, an antique, because you're no longer allowed to cut down a tree to make them out of paper. Well, anymore. or they'll embed these in you at birth. You know, I completely agree. Vern and I are in agreement on this. I mean, that'd it's be a... sort of like uh, the Terminator or something, where on the inside of my eyeball, I'd see where I should be going. Or I something. think that's years away. That's not on the near-term horizon. But uh, you know, these guys have a product for you know every use. I've seen uh, you know golfers carry them to figure out which club to use on the next hole. According to Value Line, they're working on entering the fitness market. The idea being that uh, you know you'd uh, monitor your uh, bodily whatever they call yeah. uh, you know metrics and uh, be able to transmit that, upload it, download it, sideload it. Well, and if you've been it. to if you've been to Google Maps lately, you can upload these GPS signals and basically get a real-time readout of where you or your loved one are uh, you know these guys have developed I think in a reasonably short time a, a very robust consumer franchise around this GPS technology it's trading at a modest PE relative to the market they've got strong returns on capital in the 20s that tells us there's something proprietary uh, going on here and uh, it looks sustainable I'm, but a, here's I'm a buyer a, you are uh, I no. buy it you're not a buyer no no and uh, if you oh. allowed me to come to my conclusion well I'm giving have, you mine ahead of time. I'm, I'm uh, you're hearing I my conclusion. I might have gotten you there. Uh, you know, it's oh, we're 80, not in agreement then. It's a, it's 80% consumers, so there's going to be some uh, product uh, rollout timing, fashion element, uh, maybe uh, too much inventory of the wrong thing around the holidays or something like that. So with the stock recently on a bit of a run and uh, uh, sort of priced high of a 52-week range, I'd I'd be looking for this thing to come back oh, before boy. I want to step in and buy I it. I think there's a trend here that's unstoppable. Anyone who hasn't been to Google Maps, the idea of wanting to know where you are at every moment, where your loved ones are, where your car is, where your food is, you know, what have you, uh, where your pizza is, I think is unstoppable. These things are going to get smaller, cheaper, lighter. And, uh, you know, you're going to have one on your dog's collar. You'll pull up Google Maps and you'll say, uh, look, Fido is uh, at 3rd and Main. It's all coming, my friend. And that's why I like this one. I like it as well. I'm just okay. not that crazy about the valuation. Oh, okay. So what do you got? All right. Well, I got a couple of names here. Again, it's stuff I, we know very little about. I use uh, uh, Value Line exclusively on this. And, um, you know, we, uh, uh, we're going to have to put you on hold here for one moment I've got three stocks to talk about this week I took them all from the uh, I think the semiconductor section I didn't know uh, you know a lot about semiconductors well the now. nice thing is uh, you don't always have to you know uh, some of the things we're looking for are going to reveal the type of company it is and actually a few of them I've owned in the past um, and then uh, there's a you know a great battle going on out there between Intel and AMD that I think if you if you own a computer and read the paper you can uh, you know remark on and of course Value Line does a great job of summarizing these statistics so again if you look at our website you'll know that uh, we're uh, Wall Street pros that know a lot about a few stocks but we know nothing about these but we're happy to sort of weigh in look at the Value Line and see what's happening. 
on Ingram Micro. Value Line has this rated one. Uh, they got 29 billion in revenue. They've been around a long time as a distributor of uh, traditionally software years ago, but now more uh, IT products in general. Uh, the company has a couple of edges. They've got uh, you know great scale in terms of size, great breadth. Uh, margins have been coming down here over time, uh, but uh, it looks like it's somewhat stabilized. They've got a pretty deep uh, well of industrial customers that they can service around the globe now. Uh, they've got uh, you know a mid single digit ROI. The stock is down a lot from its old highs, and they are slightly improving themselves the last couple years. You know this is not a great quality company. They've got you know a nine percent ROI, but I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be interested in the ten times cash flow here, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to call it a, a soft buy. Value Line has this rated a one. I'm not going to be that strong on it. I had to comment because I used to own it. I think it's kind of a you know an okay buy. Uh, you got to use patience. I'd say this if the margin or the ROI stops improving, which is why I'm drawn to it, is that the ROI looks like it's moving up a lot in the last couple of years, uh, then I'd have to avoid it. But right now, they look like they're on a little bit of a trend, uh, probably driven by uh, just better and improving service levels and uh, recovering IT budgets, which is helping them. And it looks to us like, or to me, I'll say, that that improving our uh, IT budget trend can uh, go on for a couple more years, and I think these guys can play into it. So I'm going to be on a lukewarm buy on Ingram. That sounds sort of cyclical to me. I, I was sort of struck by uh, Value Line's characterization of operating margins being healthy, was their word. Uh, yeah. less, than, less than 2%. I realize that this is the distribution industry, but good Lord, I... In some ways, I'd like to meet these people because they've got to be superhuman to have ROI close to 10% in a business that can only generate less than 2%. Well, that's true. I mean, pre-tax return on distributors sales. like this, you really have to look at their gross income kind of as their revenue for service, and the cost of the product is sort of a pass-through. And when you do that, you know, they look like they're reasonably efficient uh, distributors. But again, it's a pretty shitty business overall. But I think you're going to catch an IT trend here. Ten times cash flow just uh, takes your chances. Hard I to think. hurt you. Yeah, hard to hurt you. Now, what I'm really interested in talking about this week is uh, is Intel versus uh, AMD. and uh, Samsung and Goliath. Advanced micro devices. Um, Intel... Value Line has rated a number two. They've got $40 billion in sales. The stock's around 26 bucks, down from its old high of 75 in the year 2000. Uh, the company is still growing. It's gone from 4 bucks a share in sales in 02 to 7 bucks a share in sales here in 05. Uh, the stock is uh, is cheaper than it's ever been at a slight discount to the market right now, even though their returns on capital in the low 20s are very solid. They're not yet at the old peaks when the company did, you know, upper 20s and such eight and ten years ago. But this company, uh, since the uh, uh, internet bust, has has been on a bit of a tear. Of course, they continue to have strong share Windows product, and they've got this great coup going on when right at the time when Apple is on a tear with their brand and their product line, uh, you know, Intel is now going to capture the Apple line. Apple's just introduced a whole Intel-based uh, computer line, which is faster, 
cheaper than their old line. And I think uh, Apple's on a market share tear of their own. Uh, the stock is about 10 times cash flow, despite the fact that they've got, uh, you know, very high returns on capital, uh, no debt, uh, several dollars a share in cash, and with uh, you earnings know, are growing. And good lord, do yeah. you need any better evidence of? Uh, actually adding value i look at the you know as you point out the returns and the margins are huge right at the point in time when intel seems like they're going to go to a new level with apple computer uh i think that uh for whatever reason everyone is enamored with amd let's contrast with amd value line has amd rated number one they have 5.6 billion dollars in sales that compares to uh, intel's 40 billion and on that point it's worth noting that the way you stay ahead in this business is r d and capital spending amd right now is spending a billion dollars on r d but you know what Intel spending five billion. How about if they just uh, hire all of AMD's smartest people? And uh, you know, it's going to be difficult for AMD to catch and pass Intel when uh, Intel spending five times the R&D budget. AMD also has uh, low single-digit returns on investment. I note, in addition to that, that in the last four years, AMD has spent nearly ten times their earnings on capital spending uh, ladies and gentlemen that's simply not going to be sustainable this company is spending itself out of business to basically keep even or slightly gain on uh, Intel and uh, you know it's just not going to be a sustainable model for them the valuation makes it a no-brainer to avoid them they're trading at uh, I think about uh, 30 times or 40 times earnings in part because of all the excitement generated by the fact that they've managed to still stay in business instead of going out of business in 01 like they nearly did and probably should have. It so, seems to me that if you look at the uh, you look at the historical track record there there's you know occasional heartbeat for a couple years that must be when they for a moment had something Intel didn't have and then I guess Intel takes its huge machine right. of product development, refocuses it on whatever AMD came up with, and boom, blows them out of the water It's again. like Ecuador figuring something out, and then the United States just puts like a billion guys on that same project and puts them out of business. I just don't, I don't think that uh, uh, the number one rating is really uh, reasonable here. I would buy Intel. I own Intel. I think it's a great franchise and a great value right now it's cheaper than it's been in probably eight years and amd i would uh, i'd avoid it i'd if you own it i'd sell it be pleased that the stock went up when it probably shouldn't have and get out so that's where i am on AMD. I, it'd be hard for me to disagree with you here the only thing that uh you know might make amd attractive to someone is that right now it's priced below 10 times cash flow and if intel were 20 times and you say well gee maybe there's something here i'll take the smaller disadvantaged player uh on evaluation maybe i've got a little new product cycle behind me or something but if i can pay buy intel for about the same price this is i you know good lord mercedes or Yugo. I don't know. Yugo could come back. There's well, more upside. There's, that's absolutely right. The other thing about those cash flow numbers, you know, and Value Line has some great uh, summary statistics, but AMD is spending such a higher percent of that cash flow on CapEx and R&D than Intel is that uh, what you really get at the end of the day is going to be a lot bigger for, uh, for Intel and you're paying less for it.
I, I think we have a remarkable convergence of views here then as we sort of sum up here. Uh, we're, we're both, uh, I'm solidly behind Val on the, on the Intel call over AMD, avoid at all costs. Uh, Ingram, uh, not a bad name, but really not a very good business model. I, my sense is you're, you're behind me, uh, applying the same logic to Plexus and Jable, Jabble, however you pronounce that. that I don't think you have to know a lot on those. You just know? The business model, if these weren't stocks that the market associates with technology somehow, uh, we we wouldn't be talking about them, and and they wouldn't have valuation multiples anywhere near what they have today. Uh, Garmin, we had a little disagreement on. Val says buy it now. I Vern think says look for a pullback on. Uh, oh, something's consumer franchise on. stronger than people think, lasting longer than people think on Garmin or Jarman. Jarman, Garmin. It's not Charmin. We know we are, that. We are not pronunciation guides the, here, the so sim- look that the up. The symbol is G R M N. And, you know, it's a Taiwanese company, so we're probably both wrong on the pronunciation. Okay, well, uh, I guess that's about it for this week. Uh, This has been The Value Guys, unless you've got something else. No, we've been reviewing the January 13th issue of The Value Line Investment Survey. We'll see you next week.